The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Well, good morning, Pathways. It is so good to see you. Yeah, after uh, 15 weeks of worshiping exclusively online, man, I missed you. I, I don't know about you. Doesn't it feel good to be together? I don't know about you, but it feels like the first day of school. I couldn't sleep last night. I had my outfit laid out. I woke up multiple times. I thought, oh my word, I'm going to be late. I was setting multiple alarms. And so it is so good to be with you. I missed you so much. And I tell you what, it was getting so old preaching to an empty room. I don't know, like it was just there. In fact, the team, the team has some footage of what it looked like for consecutive weekends while I was preaching to an empty room. It kind of looked like this. We had to build this in like studio right here and it, we didn't have the necessary gear and, and equipment. So we were trying to kind of build this in. That's me acting goofy. We had a table right here and I was preaching to camera and I just thought like, okay, there are 1,500 people watching through this camera. And so, but boy, I tell you what, it feels so good being back together in person with you so that we can do this together, right? God has opened up this opportunity and we get to worship together and I'm so excited about it. Hey, also, if you're online, you are so important to the work of God and to his kingdom and you are so valuable here at Pathway. So whether you're in person or online, we're glad that you're worshiping with us. In fact, can we do this? If you're in person right now, in just a moment, I'm going to point your direction toward Nate. Nate's right over there. Everybody wave to Nate. There's Nate right there. Nate's going to do, yep, get your arm warmed up. Nate's going to do a slow pan, okay? And then you're going to hoot and cheer and holler and clap, and we're going to welcome our worshiping church family online together. Can we do that? So let's do that. One, two, three. Come on. Nate, pan. That's so good. Hey, if you're online, thank you so much for being here today. We are really thrilled. So I've been thinking about, uh, I've been asking the Lord, God, what would you have me to say to your people as we return for the first time? In fact, we have not been in this building, in this room together since March 8th. March 8th. It was like snowing and cold. And here we are today, and, and I've I've been asking, God, what would you want me to say? And the Lord had put in my heart one thing kept coming to my mind, and it was the theme, it was the, the theme, the topic of unity. I feel like what God has been saying to me is that we who call Pathways our church home, we have to stay united, Amen. We have to be united during this season. And then I saw this graphic, and it just, it was a lock. It grabbed me because I saw it in a form of prayer, and it was like, God, help us unite. And I've been praying that prayer. God, help us unite. In fact, say that last word with me. God, help us. Help us unite. To unite as a church, to unite as a nation. There's a lot of craziness going on. God, help us 
Unite. Help us. In fact, if you're online, type that in the feed. Unite. God, help us. Unite. Like we need to unite. And when I think about unity, I think about prayer. I think about praying together. In fact, prayer is not our last line of defense. Prayer is our first line of offense. Prayer is not our last resort. Prayer is our first priority. Did you know that uh, two weeks prior to you even re-entering into the building, we had prayer partners praying over our campus, praying for those of you who are watching online. As, as prayer partners were praying over strategic places like in the lobby, here in our auditorium, in our new broadcast room that we're believing for, in our kids' area. Do you know where else they were praying? They were praying in the lower level as we were serving together. You know, when I think about unity, I think about serving together as a church family. This past week, we we served together. You saw some of the footage of Project Feed More. Volunteers, we packaged 50,000 meals together. Serving together is so powerful. And those meals, not not only did they go over to overseas to, to Haiti, because how many of you know Haiti needs help? Haiti needs love? It always seems like something horrible is happening in Haiti. But we as the body were able to send meals to Haiti, but not just to Haiti, right in our backyard, right here at Cots and, and, and Freedom Center Food Pantry, thousands of meals for our people in our community. I think about serving together. I think about giving together. Do you realize that our church, you, we have already given $6,500 to next year's Project Feed More. We're believing that we can do 70,000 meals, 100,000 meals. We're believing that God is going to continue to unite us around serving. Now, when I think about unity, it's not just about serving together and giving. It's also about the bigger church, The big C church, the church not just here in the valley, but across the world that would lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And and you know where we were last Wednesday night? We were at Houdini Plaza. We were at Houdini Plaza, and there there were 12 churches, us being one of those churches, and we were praying together in a public space. We were praying for peace, and we were praying, we were repenting as a church We were praying for repentance, and we were praying for reconciliation, and we were praying for revival. There was so much unity. It was so powerful and so strong. That's what I was thinking about when I think about unity. And all through the Bible, God speaks to us about unity. In fact, Here's what he says in multiple spots in Scripture. If you have a Bible, why don't you go ahead and take that and turn with me to the book of Psalms. Or if you're new, you can go to our mobile app. Make sure you download that. During the season of Touchless Services, that mobile app is going to be your best friend. And so we're going to dive into Scripture today, and I want to look at this theme of unity. In Psalm 133, this is what King David writes. He says this, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. See, the unity of God's people brings God's, brings God's, the blessing of God on his people. Do you realize when we're united, there is blessing? How many of you want God's blessing on our church? I do. 
I want God's blessing on our church. I want God to unleash his power and his presence in ways that we have never seen it done before. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to transform our hearts. I want to see more people impacted by the gospel. I want to see his love and his grace emanate from this place, from this campus, from your life, in your neighborhood, from your car, from every room that's watching. I want to see God move. I want to see God's blessing. I want to see his favor. Do you know how that happens? It happens when we're united. In fact, that's what King David says. He says, the blessing of God comes. It comes when we are united. He gives two analogies in this passage of scripture. The first is this. He says, it is like, unity is like, it's like this. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard. Now, Aaron is not a hipster with one of these sweet little beards. He's not talking about the oil that he's talking about. He's not talking about patchouli oil. He's not talking about essential oils, okay? He's talking about anointing oil, the oil of the priest. He's talking about the favor of God, the blessing of God. And do you know that the favor of God, unity, the downward direction, it flows down. Unity flows down and it brings peace to everybody who's involved in that community. You know this, right? You know it in organizations. You know it in businesses. You know when leadership is right at the top, it flows down. There's unity. That's why it's so powerful when we gather as the church to be united. God, help us. God, help us. God, help us unite. Help us to unite because there's a downward flow of blessing. That's why all through scripture, we always hear, don't avoid gossip, don't grumble, don't complain, don't argue. Why? Because division is the enemy to unity. God, help us unite. That's what scripture is talking about. It's like the oil that flows down. The second analogy that King David says in Psalm 133 is this, it is. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. He's talking about all places. He uses these two mountains. He says Mount Hermon or Mount Zion. It doesn't matter the size of the mountain or the elevation. The point is that unity is like dew. It's like a source of refreshment. That in every place when God's people are united, when the worshiping community is united, it brings refreshment to the place in which it worships and blesses, no matter the mountain, no matter the elevation or the size. Now, here's what you need to know about the context of Psalm 133. This is a part of a collection of 15 psalms known as the Songs of Ascent. So these 15 psalms, when the people of God would go on an annual basis, three times they would go to Mount Zion together to worship the Lord. During three festivals, during Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And as they came, as they, as they gathered all their children, as they gathered all their supplies to make pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship God there, they would sing these psalms. So they were singing Psalm 133 as they were entering. Did you know that today as you were re-entering the building for the first time, we were playing music in the parking lot all about unity. We were playing songs all about unity to gather together in unity. God help us. God help us unite. Now when I think about these two mountains, 
I think about these mountains from a metaphorical per, like, position. I think about these mountains representing cities. Like, think about this. How cool is this? That when the worshiping community, the city in which we live, whether it's Minneapolis or Madison or Atlanta, it doesn't matter the size. It could be Champaign, Illinois. It, 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 it could be Little Rock, Arkansas. It could, be, it could be Orlando, Florida. It could be Boise, Idaho. When the church is united, we are a source of refreshment to the community in which we live. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's power when we're united as the church. Because then the church becomes the centerpiece of the community. And the community sees something radically different because the church is united around the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Man, it feels so good for somebody to yell amen. (laughs) Room was empty. I didn't know if I was preaching good or not. I'd be like, Gary, say amen. Do something. Okay. All right. For there, where, where there's unity. God help us. Yeah. There's unity. And if you didn't know this, Jesus is the answer for our city. Jesus is the only solution for what we're dealing with as a nation. Listen, we're not a broken people. We're a dead people. Broken people need fixed. Dead people need resurrected. And only Jesus brings resurrection. That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. He says it this way. He says, our unity is a direct result because of the fact that we're united with Christ. He says, therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, he goes on to say it this way. Next slide, please. If any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and any compassion, then, if then statements, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mine. What's Paul saying? He is saying that our unity as the body of Christ is a direct result from our union with Christ. The common denominator, listen to me, of every single person in this room is because we believe and we love Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And if you're here today and you're not sure of that, that's okay, but I want you to know as the pastor of the church that the most important thing that we do at Pathways is lift up the name of Jesus. And that's what draws us together, whether we're rich or poor or black or white or poor or educated or uneducated. It doesn't matter. The common denominator is Jesus Christ. It's the only chance that we can have unity together in the body of Christ. Now, here's what Paul does. He gives a couple if, he gives like these if statements and then then, right? So, hey, kids, how many kids are here right now? Kids, are you here? Somebody just perked up. Kids, do you remember this song, kids? I had an adult that just raised their hand. No, you're the mom. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, okay, okay. All right, kids, all right, all the kids in the room, do you, do you know this song? If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, then you'll. If you're happy and Let's give it up for our kids. Paul says, if there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, if there's any comfort, if there's any love, if there's, then there should be outward expressions of our unity together. Then we make our joy complete. Then, then we're, we're the same in love. Then we have a single one spirit and one mind. We have a common purpose. Now here's what Paul is not saying. 
Paul is not saying that unity is uniformity. Paul is not saying that we all should have the same desires and passions and interests. We're not supposed to be carbon copies or clones of one another when we come to Jesus Christ. We still retain our uniqueness, our differences. Our differences are there to achieve a greater purpose. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says that the body's made up of a lot of parts. You might be an ear. You might be a foot. You might be an eye. I'm not an eye. My eyes are busted. I'm a mouth. Right? God didn't look down at the body of Christ and say, all ears. He didn't say all legs. He, said, he gave diversity to it. Just, just imagine. If everybody was like you, then what would it mean to come together? Absolutely nothing. It'd be so easy. If everybody was like you, you would always have it the way you want it all the time, and everybody would think just like you, and the best part, it would happen every single waking moment of your life as related to the life of the church. Some of you are like, what's wrong with that? (laughs) You know what's wrong with that? That's not the way God designed it. He doesn't want it that way. Because if we were all, if we were uniform, see, we wouldn't have to practice and work out our salvation according to Philippians chapter 2. We wouldn't have to understand what it means to understand somebody else, to accept somebody else, to forgive somebody else, to love one another. We would miss all of that. And you know what else we would miss? We would miss the fact that unity is more powerful than uniformity. We would miss the fact that, that, that unity is actually a visible sign to the watching world because when they see differences and distinctiveness in terms of a worshiping community and they say, well, how can you be connected? How can you love like that? You're different. You're that color. You're from that group. You're for, you don't even live in the same. No, 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 no. The world tries to, to gather people around a specific idea or brand or something. We are gathered around the cross because our heart has been transformed by the love of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know that we are sons and daughters of God and that is a powerful witness to the world around us. All right. All right. Unity, unity is deeper than uniformity because unity requires death. This is a hard statement. Take a picture. You're not gonna like it because unity requires death to preference. When you're a part of a great, Linda went, I love preaching to you, because you, you, you do everything that I feel when I'm preaching. You, you did this big sigh, you were like, ah, yeah. Everybody go like that, ah, yeah. You gotta die to some of your preferences. If you wanna be united, you have to choose something greater than your comfort. Say, ooh, type that in the feed, ooh. I don't like that. This is the part of the message you're not going to like. There are things that are going to happen. I don't care what church you go to. Pick the church. There are things that are going to happen that you're not going to like. Say it this way. I'm not going to like it. I don't like it. You know what God says? Do they preach the gospel? If you say yes, you know what he says? Get over it. Be committed to the unity of the body for the purpose of extending the gospel. 
Listen to me, friends. If we can't be united as the church, how do we ever think that the world, the nation, should be united? We can't get it right here. Let's not go out there and jaw jack. God help us. Unite. Now, I don't know how God is going to lead us as we, uh, as we get into the next season of ministry here. I don't know what he's going to do, but here's what I do know. <laughs> I know that God is so faithful. And I know as he led united people all through the, the story, the pages of Scripture, unity is a powerful thing. Do you know what you need for unity? You need a couple things. First of all, you need to have a single purpose. See, God uses our, our diversity, our distinctiveness. Unity, here's how I put it, unity is distinctiveness going in the same direction to accomplish a single purpose. That single purpose is the gospel of Jesus Christ, impacting and reaching more people for the gospel of Jesus Christ, making more disciples for Jesus Christ. Even Jesus, even Jesus in John chapter 17, if you grew up in church, you know your Bible, you know John 17 is where Jesus prays for the disciples. And his prayer is simply this. His prayer is, God help them to be one. He doesn't just pray for his disciples, he prays for you and me. It almost is as if he's looking down the, 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 the corridor of time and he's saying, I'm praying now as they re-enter into the building that my people would be united. If you want to remain united, if we want to be united, Jesus models it for us. Not only do we need to have a single purpose, but in John chapter 17, verse 4, Jesus says it this way as he's praying to the Father, I showed you glory by doing the work that you gave to me. To be united means that we have to be submitted to the ultimate authority, to God himself. Even Jesus was submitted to the Father's will while he was on earth. If you want to be united, we have to have a single purpose, a personal savior. We have to have submission to Heavenly Father. And then we need truth. We need truth. The Bible is truth. The Bible is truth. We need to have objective truth outside of us. Listen, you could say, well, I believe this and I believe this. and You can believe all that you want to believe. But if it's not true, then you're just believing a lie. Truth is God's word, inspired, infallible, inerrant. From his heart to yours, where there is no truth, there is no chance for unity. And where there is no unity, friends, listen to me, there is no God. The enemy does not fear. I've said this from the platform many times. The enemy does not fear a big church. The enemy fears a united church. God, help us unite. So I don't know how God is going to lead us, but here's what I do know. Just as he led the nation chosen people of Israel, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He took them to a promised land. Now I wonder what the promised land is in this moment. For me, what I've been hearing from God is simply this, that we as his church in humility would unify around the cross and that we would love those around us. If unity was so important to King David and to the Apostle Paul and to Jesus himself. Don't you think unity should be one of the dominant and core features of who we are here at Pathways Church? I do. And I want to invite you to be a part of the United Front. 
you're here today, one of the action steps that you can do this week is simply pray that prayer, that one line. God, help us. God, help us unite. Keep unity strong among us. Now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. If you're here today in person or watching online, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to surrender your life to him, and here's why. Because he wants, he wants to lead you to a new life with a new family, a spiritual family called his church. And he wants us to be united. And all of the sin and shame and guilt, all the things that you have experienced in your life, God will forgive you and bring healing to your heart, blessing that you will experience. You place your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, can you just raise your hand briefly, quickly? If you're online, you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, just put the hand emoji right there. Just raise it up. Go ahead, you could do that. Anybody? Okay. Uh, yes. Little child, thank you. Yep, your mom and dad will talk about that decision today. It's a beautiful decision. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for modeling what unity looks like. Thank you for being the great uniter, a bridge builder. God, you were never creating divisions. In fact, you broke down the wall of hostility that would separate people. Jesus, thank you for the power of the cross for this one little boy today who raised his hand to accept you as his Lord and Savior. God, I pray that that would be a meaningful moment. Pray for his parents as they talk about that decision. For that little boy, I don't know your name, but you can just quietly say this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new. I love you. It's how easy it is. It's a free gift so that no one would boast grace. Now, God, as we go from this place, would you give us a spirit of unity, the unifier around the cross, and to love those around us? We pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, say it with me, God help us.